0: Minnesota. This is the Polaris podcast brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. I am Joe Ziemer and I am not an expert, but here on the podcast, I am joined by one so that we can learn more about our Polaris off-road vehicles. Today's expert is Polaris service engineer, Charlie Mills. Charlie is going to help us better understand a really important topic, and that's how to properly break in a new off-road vehicle. So if you're buying or thinking about buying a new vehicle, Make sure to listen to this conversation with Charlie before you start riding. It's been a bit since we've talked to Charlie Mills on the podcast. Welcome back, Charlie. How are you doing today?
1: Great. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here.
0: Well, We've talked in the past about your role as a service engineer here at Polaris. But when it comes to recreation, what are your favorite off-road vehicles to ride?
1: Uh, kind of my go-to is, is really any Razor that I can, I can ride along with somebody else and, and kind of share the off-road Polaris experience with them, especially first-time riders and, and really any Razor that I can get my hands on. So well,
0: Let's dive into off-road vehicles and let's talk about break-in. Charlie, what does the term break-in mean and why is it important for our riders to know?
1: Yeah, this is, um, this is very important and, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about break-in as well. Break in is really the the setting of of many components together and taking out the the tolerances in manufacturing and and making sure that all parts, whether it be in your engine or your transmission or your your belt drive your your uh, Polaris variable transmission um axles i mean really everything that interacts together as you move the vehicle has a has a break in and needs to kind of mesh as you start using that unit.
0: So what do we consider to be the break-in period for a Polaris off-road vehicle?
1: So different, different periods as you start operating. I mean, different systems, right? Your engine, your transmission, your belt drive, maybe all have different break-ins, and especially on how you operate them. But we consider around 250 miles to be the, the end of that break-in period.
0: Well, let's look at the break-in for some of the different systems you'll find on Polaris off-road vehicles. What should be done to break-in the engine and drivetrain?
1: We'll go with engine first. One very important thing: your your dealer will do a lot, um, a lot of this stuff for you. They'll they'll check the engine oil level. Um, they'll make sure there's no leaks. Get it up to temperature. Kind of do a walk around. Drive it around their lot. Um, make sure that's good to go for you to get home. But you should do all of that stuff as well. Not only before you ride or go on a longer trip, but definitely during the break-in to make sure that that your unit's in good operating condition. Uh, you have good oil level. You're, you're adding the recommended, uh, usually PS4, Polaris oil to maintain that, that safe off operating level, especially critical during break-in. Avoiding really aggressive driving, so not high high periods of wide-open throttle, varying your engine RPM. A lot of people think that they need to just be extremely, uh, extremely cautious with their engine during break-in, but that's not always the case. A, a lot of engines benefit from a break-in in how they will be used with the customer eventually. So if, if your use is, is going at 10 miles an hour lower speed, then probably a good break-in for you is, is doing something like that. Now varying your throttle position, letting the engine break in at, at all sorts of different RPMs and throttle positions and really putting it through all those different characteristics that you'll take it through when you use it. So it's, it's kind of operating operating normally, but but really not stressing that unit and waiting until that 250 miles to to kind of let loose and, and know that you can you can hold wide open throttle for a longer period of time you can sit at a higher rpm for a longer period of time once you have all of that that break in completed and the the components in the engine are really starting to wear together a, a few kind of kind of components that need to start meshing for example bearings throughout the engine right they they all uh, have certain tolerances um, around their circumference, a lot of them are circle bearings like your your main bearings and and upper rod bearings. As those start to to wear in and your your engine is building up cylinder pressure when you 're running, those will wear in and and kind of start to scrape scrape bearing material away and wear into their normal seated position so that they can operate like that for the rest of their their life. Piston rings are another great example um, of something that really benefits from uh, a good break-in. As those piston rings start to wear into uh, how the cylinder was manufactured and and kind of start to create their roundness in that cylinder, it really gets a a wear pattern for seating those rings into the engine properly, which is so important. If you can imagine how that that piston ring seals in all that um, compression in your engine every time it fires – The more that you can get that to seal and the better sealing you can give it, the more horsepower and torque you ultimately will make if you can keep that cylinder pressure inside that chamber where it's supposed to be sealed. So ring seating is is probably of the utmost importance, and you'll really be able to seat those rings properly with good engine oil, varying load, not extended idle time especially, and, and keeping the RPM up. Um, and really varying those speeds. And then once you once you can kind of vary uh, engine speeds for a while at lighter loads, then you can start adding some engine load. And when I say engine load, I mean start at a lower RPM and and give 50, 50 to 75% throttle position that's kind of bogging down the engine so that you can uh, make higher pressure and really start to operate the engine in the way that it will be after break-in and, and throughout your
0: ownership. So why do we not give a, a specific speed or a specific RPM range, Charlie, when it comes to break-in?
1: I think it really goes back to being so dependent on a specific customer. The, the range for engine oil, at least, is 250 miles uh, or 25 hours, whichever one comes first. That's generally a good time for the, the engine oil to collect all those, all those uh, wearing-in components and get all that material. Kind of worn down, and everything's seated correctly uh, and worn together correctly for the life of the vehicle the The mileage limits or mileage recommendations for braking just just really are dependent on the customer so much that it's very hard to to give that a, a blanket approach to say everyone should operate for five hundred miles at at this rpm and at this speed it's It just doesn't suit every customer's actual driving characteristics.
0: Another break-in period that's called out in our owner's manuals is the brake system. So how do we break in the brakes, and why are we doing that?
1: Yeah, so brakes is a, is a good example of something that needs to be broken in properly. And Really, the best, the best brake system break-in is to only apply moderate braking force for the first um, 25 to 50 stops. You don't want to aggressively or, or, or stop very quickly when the brake system is really new cuz you can really cause damage to uh your brake pad surface against your rotors as they as they spin and interact together depending on depending on whatever compound pad compound you have in your vehicle bedding in pads and and operating in that way of of 50 uh moderate stops can can really release uh any manufacturing gas that's in the pad material and then start to transfer that pad material to the disc and gives that a nice, perfect friction uh, surface to be able to brake properly for the life. And it really extends brake pad life, limits rotor heat, and, and just extends your braking system performance for the life of the vehicle.
0: Then we get to the PVT break-in, and we're going to do a deep dive episode on all things belt-related in a future episode with Amory Cool, Charlie. But since we've got people talking about braking, we don't leave them, leave them hanging if they have a new vehicle. So what sort of break-in is required for the clutches and belts?
1: I mean, Amory is definitely the expert uh, here. He can be seen in a lot of videos um, on YouTube about, about Polaris belts, as well as uh, on a few of these podcasts. And he'll go into more detail, I'm sure. But the, the really, the, the, the quick break-in note that, that really is applicable to all customers, and to kind of describe the importance of it, is to break in a belt, you want to use low gear. If available in your vehicle, which all of our ORV uh, off-road vehicles will have, vary your speed. I mean, in low gear, you can do anything from from one to approximately 30 miles per hour, depending on the unit. And avoiding wide-open throttle for for about 10 miles. You, you just really want to vary that speed because as your as your belt wears in and your clutches are moving in different positions, you want to have a perfect wear surface between your belt and the, the sheave, which is kind of the angled part of where, where your belt rides on your clutch. Now, as those parts wear together and get the correct faces so that they're really matching, you're going to have a very good torque transmission from your, your engine to your transmission. That means less belt slip, a very good friction surface, and really more contact patch for that belt to be able to grab onto the sheaves and provide longer life. Really, the the most important thing is is keeping low temperature and not allowing high belt slip, which the best way to do that is just low gear, vary your speed and RPM and and just drive around for 10, 10 miles. I mean, if you're out camping or if you're out on the trail and you have a belt failure or maybe you're out in the dunes, wherever you are, there's always a time where you can put a new belt on and break it in properly. Enjoy the scenery, ride around slow in low gear, vary your throttle. And then get out riding and have a very healthy belt to start with.
0: Okay, Charlie. So once that's all done, what do I do after my break-in period is over?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, first, most of our Polaris powertrains today have a 25-hour or 250-mile service. That's the first time you have to touch the unit as you as you kind of start to go into your more normal maintenance schedule around 500 to 1,000 miles, depending on uh, your vehicle. But... The most important thing is performing a break-in oil and filter change. So you're going to want to change your oil and filter um, with a Polaris kit. Our oil and filters are designed throughout our powertrain development and are the best option to make sure that your unit is being maintained properly. So make sure to go out and get your Polaris oil change kit or bring to your local dealer um, and have your 25-hour break-in service completed. Two other great checks to do are your front gear case and transmission lubricant checks. They have relatively low oil, low oil levels to start, but they're both very easy to inspect and make sure that you have the proper oil level after your break-in and that there's no significant contaminants in them and, and no leaks have uh, have started. They both have fill the spill plugs on them, so very easy to pull them out with a hex drive socket and check your level. Basically, you're just making sure that the that the level in those in both the front drive and the transmission, are level with the bottom of your fill port. So very easy to do yourself. Um, otherwise, your dealer can be a great resource to do this for you as well. And then after, after you've got your oil changed and you're, you're confident you've gotten a good belt break in and, and you've been varying your throttle and, and doing all those things we talked about, then go out and enjoy your unit.
0: So that's the break-in process. Charlie, thank you so much for breaking down. Break in with us. Thank you, Joe. Thanks again to Charlie, and thanks to all of you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button, and make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a five-star review. If you're a brand new listener, welcome aboard and welcome to Polaris. We're happy you found us. Make sure to browse our archives to learn even more about ORV ownership. Everyone also should check the episode description for some helpful links. There you'll find where you can access your owner's manual online. The owner's manual is full of helpful break-in and maintenance information. You'll also find in that episode description a link to the break-in article from our help center. Make sure to take advantage of that resource. And look for the link that lets you contact us. Because if you have a question or an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Then stay tuned for more episodes. Until next time... This has been the Polaris Podcast. Hey everyone, that is Clover, and she would like to remind everyone that the Polaris Podcast is brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. That's right, Clover. The Help Center is your first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. Just look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. Hey, I'll tell them if you'll settle down and give me a chance. Anyway, Clover says to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow your owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Satisfied, Clover?